don't rely on companies or educational institutions to teach you everything you need to know to be successful, play a more active role in your life and your career. Hey guys, it's your girl, Ashley Graham, and you are listening to Business Life and Coffee Podcast with your boy, Joey Price. All right, everyone, this is the Business Life and Coffee Podcast, and we are joined live poolside at Caesars Palace. That's not a lie. We can look out the window, see the pool. Uh, Jacob Morgan, three-time bestseller. His books include The Collaborative Organization, The Future of Work, and last but certainly not least, The Employee Experience Advantage, How to Win the War for Talent by Giving Employees the Workspace They Want, the Tools They Need, and a Culture They Can Celebrate. Jacob, thanks for joining me, man. My pleasure. I want to know why we're not outside by the pool. That's what I'm trying to say. We've got to talk to... uh, to Andrew about our uh, what's going on with our, that, man? our placement here. Um, we could see the pool though, so it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of a tease. <laughs> it is a tease, man. It's like so many people out there. Anyway, so we're here and we're talking about the employee experience equation. What does that mean? Uh, so the employee experience equation is basically a little formula that I came up with that'll help people understand how to create great experiences for people who work there. And this is true if you have a big company, if you have a small company, if you're in China, if you're in India, if you're in the United States, it doesn't matter. And it basically boils down to three things that organizations can control to create great experiences for their people. It's culture, technology, and physical space. So how do employees feel working for you, uh, the tools that they have access to and the resources to do their jobs, and the spaces in which they work. So if you can do a good job at mastering all those three things for your company, you're going to have great experiences for your people. And that's basically what the employee experience equation is. Okay. All right. And then how did you come up with these particular uh, aspects of the workforce? Because being an HR pro, I can think of so many things that influence work and why people show up to work, but you've identified these particular areas as being the most important. And why is that? Yes. And I should point out that within each one of these environments, there are some sub-themes, right? So like diversity and inclusion will fall under culture. Uh, having a sense of purpose falls under culture. So there are, uh, if you look at all the sub-themes, there are 17 of them. So it includes quite a lot of stuff. Uh, and where these came from is through a couple of different areas, actually. So first, through speaking with a lot of executives at companies around the world, whether they're CEOs or CIOs, CHROs, didn't matter. I would notice that every time I would have the conversations with executives and we would talk about experience and what they're doing, it would always fall into one of these three buckets. Uh, the second thing that I did is I looked at a lot of research reports and case studies and articles that were published, uh, probably around 160 of them. And there too, I noticed that every time I would look at one of these reports and studies, things always seemed to fall into one of these three buckets. Mm-hmm. And that's basically where it came from. Okay. Now, I a quick detour a little bit because I'm, I'm personally curious. So you mentioned you talked to a lot of C-level folks um, for the book. Uh, and you did mention CHRO, but I'm curious to know, is there anything or have you found things that uh, C-level executives just don't understand about HR and its role in the workforce? Or am oh, I man. just like way left field on that? You said um, you were an open book, so I, I wanted to go straight to the juggler. So for what, that one. what do a lot of CEOs not understand about HR? Oh, man, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of CEOs still view HR as uh, a part of the company that's there for legal reasons. 
Uh, I think oftentimes they're still struggling to view HR as a group within the company that's responsible for transformation, that's responsible for, you know, the humanness of the company. A lot of executives still view HR as like, it's there because it's got to be there. Mm. Like, I don't want to give it a ton of money because it's, they don't generate revenue for me. It's, it's a cost, cost center. center. It's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that mentality is still very much there. And a lot of CEOs are still, they're very obsessed with the customer. That's not bad, but you can't forget about your other customer, which is your people, right? right. That the yeah. customer of the organization are the people who work there. And so you can't neglect that group because that group is who's responsible for creating great experiences for the actual customer. So I think that's one thing that a lot of uh, CEOs are, they're getting better, by the way, they're getting better. But I find that that is something that a lot of them are still trying to wrap their minds around. I think a lot of them, honestly, still don't even really know what HR does. We plan the birthday parties. We that's, help fire people. That's what... We prepare new hire packages. Exactly. That's what I, a lot of CEOs, that's what their perception of HR is. And I feel like they're, the reason why that's the case is because they know that if they talk to the CMO, they know if they talk to the customer experience people, those are the ones that are generating revenue, right? They spend a lot of time with innovation because that's what they get known for, right? New products, new services. That's kind of how they build their brand. But a lot of organizations, when it comes to HR and being inward focused, a lot of the times they don't get that recognition, right? Because you're not generating more revenue. You're not coming up with better products or services. You're dealing with people. And again, it's not true for all CEOs. Some CEOs, for example, like Mark Benioff, he's very adamant and he's very proud of the culture. That and Mark's that cre- what, what company? Salesforce. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so he's very proud of the fact that he creates and focuses on his people. And there are, there are several other CEOs like that. The folks at Airbnb are like that. LinkedIn, Cisco are like that as well. But there may be more progressive forward-thinking companies. A lot of other organizations that are maybe more traditional are not, it's not that they don't like HR. They just don't feel like as close to HR. It's sort of like an ex-girlfriend that you're, you see and you're like, hey, you know, we're like we're on friendly terms, but like, I don't want to take you out again. Yeah. You know, so I feel like that's kind of the relationship that a lot of CEOs have with HR. They're friendly, but it's not, you know. Like the ex-girlfriend that's like still in your workout class. Exactly. Like she's still in your CrossFit class. Like you got to be nice and cool. But that's, I feel like. It stops as soon as you. Yes. You, close the door. But if you look at how they respond to people that are in marketing and in the customer service space and the innovation space, it's like they're dating them right then. They're like, oh my God, hey, how's it going? Like, good to see you. You know, you you feel like you see those interactions. You're like, wait a minute, are they together? (laughs) But if you see the HR and the CEO group together, you're like, oh man, there's some tension there. Well, there's one executive uh, that I recall, um, Bill Hybels. He's at Willow Creek Church, but he said once, and it, well, Jack Welch would be the same. And they said that their second in command was their their CHRO, mm-hmm. the person in charge of people. And then another big organization that uh, that I'm a huge advocate for, Southwest Airlines. Yes, they're very much uh, internally focused and almost obsessively so in a good way on ensuring that the employees really are like have all hit all three of the culture, the tech and the physical yeah. space. Not so, all, not all airlines are like that. And I'm no. sure we could both think of a certain uh, airline whose initials are U and A. <laughs> uh, you know, I fly United. I have a uh, great status with them, but you know, you hear about the stories that United airlines does and you're just kind of like, man, where, where did things go wrong? For right. You guys? Yeah, uh, exactly. Exactly. And, and um, when we think about like the culture and the people like with Southwest, they're one of the top performing stocks in the S and P 500 over mm-hmm. the past few years. So it's to your point that you can be an employee focused organization and be profitable and 
be the the bell of the ball for your CEO? Not just you can be. I think you have to be. Like when, okay. when we look. Oh yeah, I think when you look out, uh, you know, a few years when you look at what a lot of people are calling the future of work. I think it's the organizations who have who treat their people well and who invest heavily in that employee experience are the ones that are going to win. Okay. Now let's dive a little deeper in. Well, before we dive into the employee experience advantage, I feel like authors, when you write books, books are your children. So which one is your favorite child? Oh, well, I'm working on a new one now. I don't think I've actually shared this with anybody yet. So you guys will be the first Breaking one. Breaking news. Okay. The new one I'm working on now is going to be on the future of leadership, right? So what does leadership look like in the year 2025? Okay. So it'll probably come out at the end of next year. And I'm interviewing CEOs at companies all over the world to try to understand what are the key skills and mindsets, trends and challenges that are going to be relevant in seven, eight years. So a lot of my attention is very focused on that, but it also relates to all of these previous books. But all of them were books that I enjoyed writing. The way that I approach writing is I take a particular topic that I find challenging, that's something that's like personally hard for me to try to figure out. And then I go ahead first into that. So even with the first book, The Collaborative Organization, that was the first book of its kind that looked at models and frameworks for how to use digital technologies to connect your people. Uh, the Future of Work was the first book to basically outline key characteristics and traits for the future employee, the manager, and the organization. And Employee Experience was the first book to look at 252 companies around the world, create this employee experience equation. I mean, I'm a big believer in taking complex topics and trying to make them simple. And I think that there's a lack of that in the space. And so that's sort of my approach to books. I take topics that I think are interesting, that people haven't done, and that are super hard, that make me uncomfortable. And that's what I try to write about. Okay. All right. All right. I'll let this slide. You didn't pick a favorite, but... Uh, it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick a favorite. <laughs> Jacob Morgan, three-time best-selling author. I know it's going to be a fourth time when the future of, of leadership Let's comes hope, out. Let's hope, man. Let's hope. And uh, he's also an entrepreneur. So the employee experience advantage, what is the the main thing that you would hope a reader takes away after diving into your book? Um, well, if there's one thing people remember, I hope it's the employee experience equation. I hope it's that every time you do anything inside of your company, you run it through those three environments of culture, technology, and physical space. How are the employees going to feel? Tools and resources they have to do their jobs, the spaces in which they work. A lot of people view those things as not being connected, but my hope is that they view them as being connected and they view them as those three things because most organizations just don't. So... One thing to remember, employee experience equation. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. And um, is the book written for the executive? Is it for the manager who aspires to be an executive? Is it for the employee to read and fawn over companies that are doing best practices? Who's it for? Uh, it's for everybody. Okay. Right. Everybody. Everyone can go out and get this book. Yeah. I mean, whether you're an employee that is an entry level employee and you want to know how to create a better experience for yourself or what you're company should be doing, you can get it. If you're in HR, if you're a, a manager um, in any other area, if you're in IT facilities, even operations, uh, or a C-level executive, employee experience is something that touches everybody because, well, everybody that has a job or wants a job, and that's most people in the world. So if you fall into the bucket of, I have a job or I want a job, then it's an important topic for you. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. Okay, uh, we're going to land this plane soon. Um, I'm sure you've got to go about your day. But of the 252 companies that you looked into, could you share a story that really resonated with you? Either one that like really got the employee experience well initially or like a transformational type of one? 
of the 252, which one really stood out to you? There are, I think, 15 companies that scored highest on the employee experience index. So that's 6% of all of the companies that I looked at do a really good job of those three things. And these are companies like Cisco, like Airbnb, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Microsoft, Accenture. And they all do really cool things, right? I mean, if you walk into Facebook, Facebook, I think, is one of the organizations out there where you actually feel the values come to life. Of, uh, you know, you walk in and you just you feel like the values are just smacking you in the face. That's smacking you in the face, and because I, 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 um, I've been to the campus, it looks like Disneyland. So you can't help but be excited when you walk and you see this like yeah. promenade that feels like you're in an amusement park. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the all the companies do something well, right? Cisco has their, uh, they have an internal freelance marketplace that they've built, their their entire people deal, which is their commitment to their employees and the commitment that employees make to the organization didn't come from their executive team. It came from employees who work there. Uh, you look at the physical space of Airbnb, it's amazing. They're constantly testing and iterating and experimenting. Uh, so depending on the organization that you look at, they all have really cool stuff that they're doing. Adobe is another one that I have a whole case study of them in the book where I walk through all the 17 things that are part of the equation and what Adobe is doing for all of those 17 things. And I mean, it's just unreal. These guys have like everything down. As far as transformation goes, I mean, you could look at companies like GE, right? I mean, GE uh, used to be a very conservative organization. Now they have a head of uh, an employee experience lead. They're redesigning their spaces. They're looking at ways to get rid of their annual performance reviews, even getting rid of annual engagement surveys. So there are a lot of organizations that are in this transformation process of trying to make things more human. Accenture, another good example, you know, they automated 10,000 jobs. Uh, I think it was last year or the year before last. Didn't get rid of a single person because they upskilled and retrained everybody. Wow. So wait, no, let's not let's not run that by very quickly. They automated 10,000 jobs, yep. but they kept their staff. That's, yeah, they that's kept all 10,000 Remarkable. People. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, it's a company that made a very strong commitment to focusing on people, not on replacing them. So, you know, there are lots of amazing organizations out there that are doing cool stuff. Okay. All right. So if you're listening, make sure you pick up the book, The Employee Experience Advantage by Jacob Morgan. He knows all about the future of work so much so that he wrote a book on it and he's got a podcast. Uh, very excited to have you on the show. Jacob, any last words? I try to give the, the guests the last words on the show. Any last words you have? Oh, man. Last words. It's a lot no of pressure. pressure, man. Um, uh, I'd say last words. You know, if you don't think about and plan for your future um, or if your organization doesn't think about and plan for the future of work, then it's not going to have a future. So be active. Whether you're an individual contributor at your company or whether you're an executive, be more active. Don't rely on companies or educational institutions to teach you everything you need to know to be successful. Play a more active role in your life and your career. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at, only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems? Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at jumpstarthr. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? 
Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLCMoments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.businesslifeandcoffee.com. And our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.